going to deal with some questions from our question box today. I have um, three of them. Two of them are related. I think we'll get through that tonight. Um, I'm going to do that instead of dealing with kind of a mature subject I was going to deal with tonight. I'll, I'll save that for Wednesday night. <coughs> if you do have questions, we invite you to use the question box. Um, simply write down on a piece of paper what your question is. Uh, that question may be in regards to our Sunday school catechism, so that just kind of opens it up to anything in scripture. Um, maybe in regards to something in your Sunday school um, <coughs> class. And it may not be directed to me. I might have someone else answer that question, maybe a Sunday school teacher, um, or we can uh, answer it as a group and I can do some follow-up on that. So just give you a question. Um, it may not be a question that you don't have the answer to. It may just be uh, an important um, biblical question that you have pondered over in your study that others might be pondering over the same thing and it might be uh, it may be of some good practical use to have others hear that question and, and hear an answer to it. So we invite you to do that. Um, I like when you put your, your, your name on it. That's not necessary, but it does help me. I'm answering today a questions I don't know uh, who they came from, so I don't know if they're really getting the benefit of the answer tonight by being here. So I'm just going to go ahead and answer it. Um, but if you put your name on it, I can make sure you get the answer and that um, if you want to follow up to that question, um, I can, we can do that as well. So tonight's question... Is it wrong to call someone reverend? Is it wrong to call someone reverend? There's several questions that come along in, in, that, in that same regard. Um, what title do you use for, for different um, 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 individuals, perhaps leaders in the church, and reverend is, is one. So is it wrong to call someone reverend? In Matthew 23, going to look at that, Matthew 23, 1 through 12. Let's just read those verses. I'll read. You can follow along as I read. Matthew 23, 1 through 12. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the scribes and Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. So, so do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do. For they preach but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long, and they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplace and being called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. And call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Either be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. The greatest among you shall be servants. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. All right, so that's the context that Jesus responds responds to this and brings up the question then is it right to to call someone 
reverend or uh, some of the titles that he went through, rabbi, uh, father, um, teacher, or instructor. Uh, so as you, as, you, as you go through that, it seems, I think it becomes clear that he's not just talking about a title or, or a specific title. Obviously, there are titles of respect um, that we use. In fact, we use a title to show respect for a person. Um, whether it's Mr. Or, or Mrs. or Sir, we use those kind of titles to, to show that respect. Uh, he is not saying that we shouldn't use titles of respect. What he's dealing with is the major theme of pride. And he's saying that the Pharisees had a prideful attitude about themselves. You can see this the reason I read that whole passage. Look at verse 12. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And that's the key thing that he has in mind. So he's saying, do not resist being um, uh, pumped up by pride in either how you address someone or how you uh, want to be addressed in, in your own, uh, for your own self. So stay away from that. Now the word reverend comes from um, the, the term to, to be uh, reverence, to be respected, to be honored. Um, and he's saying there's nothing wrong with honoring a person, but the one honored has the burden of not being lifted up in pride. So you need to, to do that in the right way. You can take that to an extreme to say, well, he used the term father, so we shouldn't call you know, our, our earthly fathers by the, name, by the term father because God is our heavenly father, and that's, that dishonors him. But that's not what he's saying there. He's saying don't use titles of honor in false ways to falsely lift up a person. And we, we, we do that, especially in our culture. One of the titles that we like to call, it's kind of the old timers like to do uh, for a person, uh, they call him doctor. And, and, and not because he's earned that degree. We have a doctor among us. I'm not talking about that. Um, but one who hasn't earned that, but as a title of, of respect. I was in a store the other day. And, and, and one of the, uh, um, I was in my favorite store, Menards, I have to confess that. And, and one of the workers in Menards was walking past and he says, uh, he says how you doing, boss man? And that, that's just a title that he thought a guy my age would, would appreciate. And not didn't say anything uh, derogatory towards him. He's trying to, trying to, trying to relate and trying to, uh, to be nice to me. So, yeah, I don't make a, a big issue out of it. So we often use titles to, to um, show our, our affinity to or respect or love for a person. Um, I don't think we have to worry about, the, the concern in scripture is not that we not use those. What, what really is a concern is that we don't use them with a false sense of pride um, as we do it. So we do need to be careful about that, both the giver of the title and the receiver of the title. Any a question, follow-up, or, or concerns you might have about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th there's, I'm saying he doesn't prevent us from doing that. One of the titles he uses is, is instructor. So 
Should you never call someone teacher? Um, um, he's not saying don't call them teacher. He's saying be careful. Uh, he's talking to his disciples and saying, be careful how you receive titles. These men were going to be, these men were going to be apostles, and that's that's one of the greatest titles. There were only 12 apostles. I don't care what people say today. Some people want that title in their name and put it on their business card, and I'm an apostle. No, you're not. Apostles were personally taught by the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why Paul made a point of saying, um, uh, I, I spent time on the backside of the desert with Jesus. Because he did. Not everybody could say that. So there's only 12 men that, that were uh, appointed as apostles. And that was a very, very elite title. So Jesus is talking to the apostles here that were his disciples that were going to become apostles. And he's saying, be careful with your own pride as people address you. So it, it is, it is a, a personal um, caution and warning. Don't get caught patting yourself on the back um, because pride is a dangerous thing. Um, in our circles, we, we, we like to use the title of pastor, referring uh, to me. And um, when we first started this work in, in 1994, um, several individuals, uh, several people, members here, made it a point to practice using that title directed towards me. I had to get used to hearing that title, especially from my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, my own mother, my own father. But they wanted to do that to show what they thought was proper respect for the biblical position that, that I was, was given. So they, they chose to see me not just as a son. I was a son, never stopped being a son. Or as a son-in-law, never stopped being that. Uh, but they wanted to show that in God's eyes, there was a, a position and a title that had, had been given to me that they wanted to honor. So, um, and, and as I know them, they were honoring that title and that position and the high calling that, that, is, that goes along with that. Now, if I fail to, to, to meet that high calling, they will be the first among people to, to challenge that. Um, and so um, I had to be careful how I received that. Now people call me that almost as if it's my first name. <laughs> and I have to remind them sometimes, my first name is Brian. It's okay to call me that. And they have kind of made that, that adjustment in some ways. But um, they still use that term, and, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't put them down for that. But in my own self, I have to, I have to, uh, uh, I have to check, check myself and make sure that... Um, you know, I'm not prideful in my own thoughts of myself concerning that. <clears throat> All right, um, you can you can ask a question as as we go through this. I have two other questions, and these both deal uh, with Hosea. And again, I don't know if that person is, is here today. No, I do know, um, but I'm gonna answer it anyway. This is a question that I think we've answered along the way in Hosea. Why did God ask Hosea to marry a wife of whoredom? Why did God ask Hosea to marry a wife of whoredom? And then the question that goes along with that, was God testing Hosea when he told him to have children with a wife of whoredom? I'm going to let you answer that. Why did God 
asked Hosea to marry a wife of whoredom. Brother Charles, good answer. Those are two two good answers. Um, it surprises us that God in his sovereignty has the right to use a person's personal life and circumstance to, to be his speaking post. But that's exactly what he does. He speaks from the life of his prophet and uh, so it, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit um, we're a little taken aback by that um, because it's, it's we ask ourselves and, and that's where the second question goes um, and we'll, we'll answer that Brian you had a, a comment on that didn't go to the funeral right Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that was the that was the role of a prophet. Remember, we were going through um, First Kings, I think it's twenty or twenty-one, and this is along the time of Elijah and Elisha, and uh, God had told a prophet, He spoke to a prophet. So the, this prophet went to another prophet, and he said, "Strike me," and the guy wouldn't strike him. And so he said, because you wouldn't strike me, <laughs> um, you're going to get struck down, basically. And, and that's what happened to him. He went to another guy, another prophet said, strike me. So the guy hit him. And uh, then he had to wear like a patch over his eye for being hit by this guy. Um, and, and he went on wearing that patch to go speak the message that God told him to speak. And we go, wow. The, the real question is, does God ask us to do that today? Um, and, and is that a reasonable request? Well, I don't think you have to worry about that so much today because his word is, 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 is full. It's, it's complete. And so he is speaking through his word and, and he's doing that. But he does use our lives to speak to people. Um, he doesn't ask us to sin so that we might speak to others. But yet he can use our sinful circumstances to be an example and to speak to others in that way. Um, so the second question that goes along with this, was God testing Hosea when he told him to have children with a wife of whoredom? Um, I'm not sure how to answer that. What do you mean by test? If you say that um, he was testing him to see if he would obey him or not, I don't think this was a test to see if Hosea would obey him. This is what I call prophetic revelation. God is revealing his character through real-life events of his prophet. And so, yes, he fully expected Hosea to do this. This wasn't a test just to see if he would do it. Um, but God told him to do this so he could use his real-life um, example. The other question I've, I've kind of spoken to in regards to this um, Turn to Hosea chapter 1. and We, we kind of briefly talked about this when we went through it. Um, well, let's just look at the word and let it speak. 
verse 2, Hosea 1, verse 2. When the Lord first spoke through Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, Go, take to yourself a wife of whoredom, and have children of whoredom, for the land commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. The question I have is, what does it mean by have children of whoredom? I'll kind of answer that as we go through. Verse 3, so he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Deblame, and she conceived and bore him a son. All right. It says he went and took Gomer, and she conceived. Notice what it says, bore him a son. It implies that this first child born was the child of Hosea and Gomer. Gomer bore Hosea a son. So that's the, the, the clear um, implication of what happened. Verse 4, the Lord said to him, call his name Jezreel. And it goes on to say that. Verse 6, she conceived again and bore a daughter. Verse 8, when she had weaned no mercy, she conceived and bore a son. Now, these next two, it doesn't say that she bore to him a daughter or bore to him a son. It could be that the first child was the result of their relationship. The second and third child and those following could have been the children of whoredom. In other words, they were, they were not Hosea's. They were Gomer's but perhaps not Hosea. I want to say that it leaves it open for that, for that type of, uh, uh, of analysis. So children of whoredom would be children that she had um, while, in, while being unfaithful to uh, Hosea. Now, it could be children of Hosea's that she had while she was still being unfaithful to the that's always the question when a person is unfaithful. Well, whose child is it? And you could say, well, we don't know. Um, but that's, that's the problem with unfaithfulness. You, you don't know, you know, who's your baby's daddy. Uh, and and that, that's, that's kind of what's going on here is that she was un, unfaithful. And so it was a question mark of who they were. Um, the children then represent Israel as well. And God is saying, whether you're legitimate or illegitimate, when I love you, I take you as my own. And that's a wonderful message that we get through um, the passage of Hosea. So back to the question of, is this a test to Hosea? I think he married um, Gomer, who he expected to be a wife, uh, um, but she turned out to be an unfaithful wife. They had a child together, and in her unfaithfulness, she went on to have other children. And uh, this, this fulfills what God said of Hosea, take this woman, even this type of a woman, and uh, uh, marry her. So I, I think one of the questions that goes along with this is, would God command his people today to take, to marry someone who has violated um, his covenant? In other words, we kind of stress that and say, would God command a Christian to marry an unsaved person? That answer is clear. No. No. Um, but Gomer would have been considered um, an Israelite 
And so it was, it was okay for him to marry her. And it's not clear that she became uh, unfaithful or had this kind of character before they were married. It's just not clear to us in, in, in the text. Any other questions or comments? I looked in the question box today. I didn't see any other questions. So we um, were open to, uh, if you have one you want to put in, be, be sure to do that. I usually look at them, take some time to read through them and, and, and uh, research my answer. I don't just give an answer off the cuff, but I want to look into it a little bit. So if you put in a question in there, it may take a little while for me to get to it and uh, give an give a answer in our evening service. Um, so consider that when you, when you get the answer. That's why you might want to put your name on it so I can be sure to answer it when, when you hear other questions comments all right let's close in prayer father we thank you for this time together um, we pray that you would help us as we honor your word and as we consider uh, your truth to uh, to be ones who who diligently seek you and and uh, want to know what your word says so that we can walk in obedience to you and, and honor you. Bless us as we go throughout this week. Keep us safe, protect us, and help us to, um, to honor you in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.